Welcome to the Dell Golf Podcast. My name is David Adele, and let's sit down at the workbench and talk about how we can play our best golf. Hey guys, welcome to the Dell Podcast. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, and I guess I don't know why, but I think, you know, if I don't have something I feel confident about saying, probably not going to say much. And I got something I'm going to bring your way in this podcast that I think could open many doors for for the listeners and was extremely eye-opening for me. I want to talk to you today about our new wedge, the SMS weighting system, swing match weighting system. And I personally believe this is one of the biggest things to hit club making in a very, very, very long time. And it's pervasive. It's been around forever, centuries. As long as we've been playing golf, this force has been involved in our selection of golf clubs, whether we liked them or we didn't like them, whether they performed at every level or just, you know, on a weekend level. It stems from leverage on a golf club. And every golf club has a certain signature of leverage. And the swing match system essentially is three weight ports in the back of the wedge. We have two dummy weights, very light, and then we have one heavier weight. And the swing match system allows us to move these weights in different locations based on a person's swing type. I call it the steering force. And nobody wants to hear a word like steering when it comes to golf, but there is a physical force that's being exerted onto the golf club that steers the golf club into a different position. And it's based on where the weight is put on a golf club, the leverage. This is a transitional force. So as the club is taking it away, it's felt immediately by the player. As the golf club transitions in the backswing, it is very evident what's happening. The steering force, think of it as at the end of the shaft, instead of a golf club head, you have a steering wheel. And as you're taking that club back, if you have weight in the toe, a greater proportion of weight in the toe, you're creating more leverage farther away from its axis. What happens is the golf club will rotate in a layback force, meaning keeping the face from opening. Conversely, if you put weight in the heel, it brings the mass closer to the center it creates somewhat of a closing force. Now, how did I stumble on this? I stumbled on this because there was this long-held myth out there that if you ported a wedge, meaning drilling out lower into the wedge, where near the sole in the back of the golf club, that would theoretically increase the center of gravity, move it higher up, and that would knock ball flight down and maintain spin. And I was kind of under the belief of that for a long time until I decided to create a new wedge line. And in the process of doing that, I had to come up with something unique. And I thought, what if I played around with this vertical CG force? Because it's obviously got to do something to the, you know, to the golf club and ball flight. So I was under the belief and the conception that by porting out weight and raising that CG, I was going to create this ability to control peak trajectories by vertical CG on the golf club. And what I found out was that it did the exact opposite. I took a wedge and I bored out three deep holes in the bottom of the golf club and I stuck a lot of lead tape above it, middle of the golf club, 
It was around eight grams or nine grams. And it did the exact opposite of what I thought it would do. It actually caused layback. I actually hit a couple shanks. I hit a bunch of high right shots with a lot of spin. And I went, huh, this isn't doing what I thought it would do. And so I took the lead tape and I peeled it off the back of the golf club and I rolled it into a little tube and I shoved it in one of the holes. I put it in the toe thinking, well, maybe we'll create a lateral CG system and see what this does. And immediately putting it in the toe, it did the same thing as if I had it high up in the wedge. And I started hitting these kind of weak right shots and I was, I had my son hit him. He's a good player, Nicholas. And he hit like three shanks in a row. And he says, Dad, it feels like the golf club, the handle's raising up and the face is hanging back and it shoves it farther out. And I said, that's exactly what I felt. And so we moved the weight to the heel and he peered it. And I hit it and he peered it. And I peered it. And I was like astounded by how much of a difference the golf club felt, how it changed in my swing, how it changed my path immediately by moving weight from toe to heel. It floored me. I put it in the middle of the golf club. I got a different feeling. Subsequently, I went and I made a prototype wedge with removable weights, bored out three holes in the back of a golf club, and I started moving weight around and testing people. And lo and behold, the same types of scenarios were happening with people based on their body type. The steering force is very pervasive. It is in every golf club we buy. It's not that I invented or coin a term steering force as if it, it was something that didn't exist before. It's always existed. That's why we'll see certain types of players gravitate towards longer golf clubs, more offset. Offset has a layback force. You know, higher toes, lower heels. That produces more leverage on the golf club. Conversely, you see certain players playing with golf clubs that are more compact, blade-like, and they have tremendous results. So... What I've learned is by building this wedge and testing it, that there was this amazing force happening on a golf club. And it was something that we as club fitters and as players have to have some sort of idea about, and we have to have some control over it because we're all built differently. We have different grip types, different grip strengths. We have faster hips, slower hips. We have steeper path angles. We have flexibility. We don't have flexibility. All these things kind of meld together and it creates a swing that we have. And then there is a golf club that is perfect for that type of golf swing. Now, we're not even moving CG. That was a, that was a cool thing when we went to CAD and designing these wedges in a mechanical operating system for, for CAD. And we were able to see... By moving eight grams of weight, we were, we were moving center gravity fractionally. But what we did create is this very strong, powerful steering force. And I think the word steering force is going to become a very practical term used in the golf industry from here on out, because it truly is a very powerful force. And we see it in drivers, but it's been articulated as some kind of impact thing. You know, like, oh, if you put the weight in the heel, it's going to create fade bias. If you put it in the toe, it's going to create draw bias. And it's always been articulated as something that's a collision type scenario. Yes, there are those collision forces happening, especially with a driver moving at such a fast speed. But what it's also doing is in that transition from the backswing to the downswing, it's setting the table for the downswing. 
And subsequently, since I've been involved in this concept and trying to articulate it to people, have people understand it, whether it's golf professionals, fitters, or just the average golfer, having, you know, we've already got this concept going with our drivers. We already know it's happening. But like I said, it's been explained as a collision force, not a transition force, not a steering force. So when I put weight in the toe of my driver after knowing this, man, I, it was hard for me to get that club face closed. And it was because mass out in the toe created layback that I didn't need, caused my path to change, made me feel like I had to come over the top and go left, putting weight down low in the heel. I have a tailor-made M1 and I, I, I can't seem to get rid of it because I'm able to move the weight forward and back down into the heel, which is hard to do on a lot of the drivers that are out right now. And it made all the sense. And I gravitated to that naturally. I didn't, I didn't know that about this steering force. And when I made wedges back in the day, I made wedges with the idea that the CG had to be farther out. And I would have people come to me back in the day when wedges were a little bit different than they are now. You know, the people come to me and say, why am I hitting my wedge nine yards farther than yours? Same shaft, same gram weight of the head, same swing weight. Nothing's changed other than your wedge versus this wedge. And I, I never had a, an answer for it. But what it was, was at the time I had been creating wedges that had a CG that was much farther out than most people in the industry. By moving that CG farther out, I kind of magnified the steering force, that layback force. And then I would look back at the people that were asking me, you know, why am I losing distance? Certain people gain distance and the wedge improved their game. And other people said, I just can't hit these wedges. And, you know, I took it to heart, you know, it hurt my feelings, you know, thinking, well, why is my wedge not flying? in the same way that their wedge is flying, their old beat up wedge. And it was, they had CG closer to the heel. They were the type of player that needed weight more towards the heel, higher heel. We had a little lower heel, more rounded toe, CG moved farther out. We were really pushing that CG narrative and it bit us in the rear. Now that I know about it, I didn't know what I was doing back then was wrong, but it was wrong for a certain type player. And now I can look back and go, huh, that's what I did wrong. You know, I, I chased the logic of moving CG farther out, stabilizing impact, improving feel. But for certain players that didn't need that layback force, it created the handle moving up, the head laying back more. And this player was a cover player, meaning that their armful pattern worked more to the left and downward. And we'll talk about that more later on about Mike Adams' Bioswing Dynamics stuff, because it, that foundation gave me the understanding of what these three different weight locations could do for a player. I mean, the steering force is so pervasive, and you can see it. You know, I've heard stories of, let's say, Lee Trevino would have his blade irons, and he would have tungsten put in the toe, and they'd braze it in there, and then they'd chrome over it, and you couldn't, quite, you couldn't see that there was something under the hood that was different. But Lee Trevino had a strong grip. He was an under golfer, meaning his elbow folded under his sagittal plane, and he released out right. He had a strong grip. He needed layback. He didn't want closure because he had such fast hips and he had a lot of layback. And the last thing he wanted was the face to flip over or to feel like it was closing. He needed layback. You saw it in Colin Montgomery. He played Big Bertha Irons when they first came out, and everybody was like, wow, that's a game improvement iron. No hosel. Long blade, all the mass out there. Cole Montgomery's an under golfer. So he needed layback. 
He had a steep downswing with being an under golfer. He needed to have that golf club retard the face rotation from releasing because he was an under golfer. And then you see conversely on the other side of the, the coin, you see your cover golfers needing weight in the heel. They would play compact blades, high heels, and they gravitate towards those golf clubs. You'll see them put lead tape in their heel. You'll see other players put lead tape in their toe. And I always thought, boy, that was ludicrous. Just two grams of weight in the toe of the golf club. That ain't going to do anything. The heck it doesn't. Two grams, three grams, four grams, putting lead tape on the back of a golf club. And you can do this experiment if you want with your own irons. I've had done it with, with a lot of players. After they go through the wedge fitting process and they realize they need more weight in the toe, they'll go put some lead tape, two, three grams on the toe of the golf club, and it totally changes the feel of the golf club. I thought it was kind of ludicrous. Like two grams is going to make a big difference. Well, two grams does make a big difference and four grams makes a bigger difference. By putting weight in different aspects of the golf club, you can customize the variables in your golf swing that match what you're intending to do rather than having that handle fly up high and the face lay back. And then you go get this gag reflex and then you got to flip at it. You got to crash it with your shoulders to try to get path more left because the golf club wants to lay back and go out to the right. And other players that need layback, you know, they buy a golf club based on, I like the look of it. I love the branding, yada, yada. They need weight in the toe and they get golf clubs with weight in the heel and they go, wow, I'm really struggling with this golf club. Doesn't seem like, it seems like I push block everything out right because it changes my path more in and out and I'm an under golfer and I don't need that. You know, where a cover golfer is moving left, he needs that golf club to move left with him. So we built this amazing wedge, looks beautiful. And then we had these weight ports. We got prototypes in and we started doing some testing. And I was fortunate to have one of the leading biomechanists, Mike Duffy out of Penn State. He crunched our data for us. Though we did a, a smaller study, but it was, it was very powerful. We screened people for different attributes of their body, span to height, lower arm to upper arm length differentials, uh, post, grip strength, left and right hand, external rotation of the shoulder, which is the ability for the hand to be able to go backwards. Uh, some people have a lot, some people have uh, very little. So we took all that correlative data, and then we had people hit golf shots with it in the center, and then we'd move it in the opposite direction of what we thought the screen would, would give us, and then we moved it where we thought it would be. And it was interesting. We saw a 44% improvement in downrange ballistics, meaning peak height, lateral deviation, left to right, total distance, and we saw a 10% improvement in spin. We saw 44% improvement by putting the weight in the right location. The interesting thing was, I believe it was only 24% of the people needed the weight in the middle of the golf club. That means 76% of the players that we studied needed weight either in the toe or they needed it in the heel, which means we all need a setting in our golf club that matches what we're doing. And there's no other golf club on the market that allows you to do it like you can with the SMS wedge system made by Dell. Amazing, amazing results. Very, very proud of it stumbled across something that I knew existed. And I remember back in my days with Henry Griffiths, a long time ago fitting, we had two, two types of golf clubs. We had, we had an onset gold line, we had an offset gold line iron. And you would hand certain players thinking based on their skill level, they need offset, they need you know the more game improvement looking golf club. 
and they would hit it right and they would flare it out and then you'd switch the head uh, hg had the first removable shaft system back in the day and we could easily switch ahead and the people would say oh no no i'm not good enough for a blade or a non-offset golf club and they would hit it so much better and it never made sense until until i figured out this concept of the steering force was that player didn't need offset they didn't need that layback they needed a more compact blade and when i put offset in their hands with a higher toe that golf club opened up and flared out right and exacerbated whatever, you know, swing attributes they had. And people were just floored that they could play a golf club that was non-offset and more compact. And uh, kind of floored me, you know, back in the day, not knowing, not having, you know, the understanding that I do now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to go back and think about the type of players that I fit in the past, the type of irons players would play. And how other players couldn't play those irons. You know, back in the day when I was younger, you know, the Ping I-2s came out. And, you know, obviously very radical golf club for its era. And, you know, a lot of players say, oh, I could never hit that. And then they'd hit it and they were like, holy smokes, this is a great golf club. And other players would hit and go, I just can't hit these things worth a darn. And they had a very high toe, low heel offset. And, you know, prior to that, we were all playing blades, you know, forged iron heads, you know. And... You know, a lot of players really struggled with those. So, you know, the stronger the grip gets, the right hand grip meaning more underneath or the trail hand grip being more underneath, the more layback a player needs because they need that golf club to hang back. And so certain players like Paul Azinger had a very strong grip, under golfer, played I2s, loved them, and other players would try them and they just couldn't get results from them. And it had nothing to do with quality of the golf club or anything. It had to do with this pervasive force called the steering force. So I hope you take what I've talked to you about. Think about the golf clubs in the past that you've used. Think about the clubs that you've tried and said, wow, these feel amazing. And, you know, in times when you bought something thinking, oh, it was the holy grail, these new irons, everybody's got them there and they just didn't perform. Well, I guarantee you they had some physical attribute to what they elicited in you as a player. So steering force is a prevalent force. It's there every time you swing a golf club. And when you purchase and think about golf equipment, think about this force. And if you want to play around with feeling it, you can go to you can go to any golf shop and they have lead tape. You can buy that golfer's lead tape and stick a bunch of lead tape on the toe of your golf club. You know, start out with two grams and three and just see what see what it does. Put it in different parts of the golf club you will feel amazing results. And you can do it on your driver also. If you're if you're predisposed to needing weight more in the heel, stick some lead tape on the heel of your driver. You can always peel it off. I, I guarantee you, you're going to feel unique sensations as you swing that golf club. We're changing path on some clients five degrees just by changing where the steering force is. I mean, five degrees is insane to think that you can change someone's golf swing five degrees in angle of attack or path angle. And, you know, as a teacher, that was something that was so hard for us to do is get someone to swing end out two to three degrees more or out to in, you know, three or four degrees more. It seemed like every time you try to get them to do that, they would close the face. And it was so hard to get path to change that much. And when you can just put a weight in a golf club in a different location, and see this change physically happen right in front of their eyes. You can say, hey, look, look on the launch monitor. Your path just went from, you know, four out in to one out in just by merely changing weight. It's huge. I hope this podcast helps you have a greater understanding of what's going on in the golf club. 
how this leverage in the golf club matters to every player and having the ability to change it on the fly. You know, I find it, I find it pretty cool. You know, when someone buys one of my wedges, I know I just sold them three different wedges because whether they keep it in one location, they never change it because they know exactly what they want to do. Or if in time they're going to change their motion, you know, by lessons or what have you, that golf club can change on the fly with the turn of a wrench. It's amazing. I hope this helps and uh, look forward to more podcasts down the road. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adele Golf Podcast. Make sure you stay tuned for more podcasts coming your way on a regular basis. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in going through a fitting process and finding the best putter for you, head over to AdeleGolf.com. Go to the Find a Fitter tab, scroll down, and find a fitter in your state nearby. Find a putter that you know is custom fit for your best performance. That's it for today. We'll see you next time.